Welcome to the Academy Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing rich content for the purpose of spiritual growth. The Academy Podcast is brought to you by the Academy for Spiritual Formation, an international ministry of the Upper Room. The Academy is dedicated to creating safe space for people to connect with God, self, others, and creation for the sake of the world. To learn more about our five-day and two-year retreat offerings, visit academy.upperroom.org. I'm your host, Claire McKeever-Burgett, and I serve as the Associate Director of the Academy. I'm also ordained clergy, a birth and postpartum doula, a yoga, dance, and movement instructor, a mother, a partner, a friend. We're glad you're here. In this month's episode, we are joined by Marjorie Thompson, an ordained minister in the Presbyterian Church, USA, who has over 25 years of experience in retreat work, teaching, and writing in the area of Christian spiritual formation. She is an author who considers writing a central dimension of her calling. She has served two congregations in pastoral ministry and as adjunct faculty for six seminaries. She currently resides in Nashville, Tennessee. The following episode draws from Marjorie's teaching at a five-day academy in 2009 in Florida. Centering on the topics of prayer, listening, and God's infinite love for us, Marjorie offers insight, wisdom, and encouragement for all who long to be prayerful people, deeply connected to God. The very first movement of the Spirit in prayer is awareness where the soul's desire and need for God come to consciousness. It involves remembering. You know how important remembering is in our tradition, the Jewish and Christian heritage. Remember, O Israel, how many times we hear that call in Scripture. Remember. It involves remembering God's presence and choosing to make ourselves present to the presence. Because, of course, God is always present, always. It's our own awareness that isn't there. It takes um, intentionality on our part. It takes remembrance to become aware. You'll remember uh, a few verses in the first chapter of Mark's Gospel. In the morning, long before dawn, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. Those two little verses at the beginning of Mark's Gospel speak volumes in relation to prayer. Already, by verse 35, Jesus has been foretold, baptized, tempted. He has called disciples. He's cast out demons. He's healed many. He was about to embark on a preaching tour. You know, it's no wonder some people say the pace in Mark is a little breathless. <laughs> you know, everything happens immediately in Mark's gospel. But before the preaching tour, Jesus uh, takes 
time for prayer in a little pre-dawn solitude. And here we catch a glimpse of how he tended that relationship with the one who was his living source, the one he called Abba, in the Aramaic closer to daddy than a formal name like father, but Abba. He needed time for communion with God in order to be about what he was doing. He had to be very intentional about finding time for that communion because it wouldn't be long before Simon and his companions would find him. And they announce everybody is looking for him. Any of you know that experience? <laughs> Everybody's looking for you. Mom, everybody's looking for you. If you're a pastor, you know what that's like. Everybody seeking some time and attention according to their needs. So um, Simon would find him, and then, of course, the demands of the day would be upon him, but not before he was ready to meet them. Jesus was supremely aware that his relationship with God was the first order of the day, the first order of his life. He could not fulfill his mission or his purpose apart from that kind of in intimate, constant communion with his Abba. And, so, and he wasn't afraid <laughs> to, to disappoint his family or confound his disciples and just disappear. He would just disappear when he chose to. If that kind of awareness and intentionality were critical for Jesus, what makes us think we can get away without it? This is really what we might call the front porch of the house of prayer. Choosing a time and a place of solitude where we're free from distractions, relatively free at least, of the distractions of daily life, where we can enter wholeheartedly into to communion and conversation with our Maker. Um, and when we make that kind of prayer a priority, we very quickly discover that many people will not understand that commitment. <laughs> any more than they did in Jesus' time. They want to pull us back into the orbit of their needs and demands because that's how we live our lives. It's so customary for us. If you really want to become a person of prayer, a prayerful person, don't expect the world to understand you. Your, your choice will have the strength of your own thirst for God and your choice will have God's endlessly seeking love and affirmation for you. And you may also find some few precious souls who understand and support you. How can we receive what God would give us to share with others, uh, unless we learn to be attentive. As we 
pay close, eager attention uh, to God. We, we begin to experience the privilege of communication from and with God. Some of you may have, uh, have come across in one variation or another words attributed to a Greek philosopher named, named Epictetus who said, we have two ears and one mouth <laughs> so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. The way we talk today, you would think we had two mouths and half an ear. <laughs> we, we all know that communication is a two-way street, don't, don't we? And yet when it comes to prayer, we seem far readier to speak. I'm talking now about our, our adult life in prayer, not necessarily what we knew as children. Uh, we're, we're so much readier to speak than to listen. It seems easier for us to speak, and yet oftentimes, I don't know about you, but if I do a lot of talking in prayer, sometimes it begins to feel pretty thin. I sort of feel like I'm talking to the ceiling. A lot of my own words I'm hearing. It's through the listening side of prayer that we know we're in communication with God. I'll say that again. It's really through the listening side of prayer that we know ourselves to be in communication with a living Lord. And I'm sure you know this experience, whether it's listening to God through the Word, what, what we call the Word Scripture, or listening in other ways, sometimes we begin to sense we're really hearing something in response. A word is coming forward to us out of Scripture that's meant for our ears, meant for our life and our time. Um, at times we sense thoughts or words uh, coming into our heads, you know, just responding in some way. Ideas enter our minds that don't belong to our own categories and patterns of thought. You ever had that sense? That's when you really know it's from beyond you. It doesn't correspond to your ordinary way of thinking. But it, it, it has the earmarks of God. <laughs> and if you're steeped in scripture, you're steeped in the worshiping community um, and a life of, of prayer in a community of faith, then you know what the earmarks, what, what is like God and what is not like God. You hear those things inside yourself. You say, ah, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's like God. Sometimes a door opens, challenging us to take the next step in courage or faith, trust, obedience. Sometimes we glimpse that our own prayers are prompted by some, someone beyond us. Uh, in truth, all prayer is initiated by God, I believe. All true prayer is initiated by God. 
because our reaching out to God is already a response to, to God's reaching to us, reaching into us, reaching for us. God loves us so much, so much. You and I cannot even begin to imagine how much God loves us. It is truly past our comprehension. The very best love relationship we've ever known in our lives is a mere shadow. It is a reflection, a true reflection of God's love, but a mere shadow of God's love. We can't begin to comprehend it. It's there constantly, constantly for every one of us, no matter what, no matter what. It is truly unconditional. Truly. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. Nothing. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. God already loves you infinitely. God is constantly seeking us and every impulse we have to grow deeper in that relationship is simply a response to what God is already doing. Prayer as a means of choosing to make ourselves present to the presence. What a lovely way of understanding prayer. The idea that God's presence is always available helps me when I feel I have nothing worth saying at all. And I've been feeling that way quite a bit lately. In the face of impending war, friends living with chronic illness, the fear of losing those I love, racist hate mongers marching on college campuses, my words fail time and time again. Yet when I can get still and simply breathe, I am more likely to sense and know the infinite love of God in prayer, as Marjorie so eloquently illustrates. So today, instead of worrying about what I'm saying to God, I'm going to try to simply listen for what God says to me. And maybe, just maybe, I and we will hear the resounding melody of love. To hear more from faculty like Marjorie, who are spiritual directors, pastors, professors, authors, and experienced pilgrims and practitioners in the area of spiritual formation, join us at the next five-day or two-year academy. For more information, visit academy.upperroom.org. <laughs>